Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. How's it going, Sub 30? Yeah, yeah, okay. I thought they changed their mind on me for a second, like they were gonna give me the mic and then took it away. How's it going, Sub 30? You guys good? I'm gonna tell you right now, this worship experience that we had tonight was phenomenal. Like, who enjoyed that worship time? That was awesome. That was awesome. Do we have any first time Sub 30ers in the house? First time. Oh, we got some hands. You see that, guys? We got some hands. And so if it's your first time here, this is not the way it's supposed to be. Like church is supposed to be boring. You're supposed to be like, I can't wait to get out of here. Like this is incredible. So if it's your first time here, you got to keep coming. Like it only gets better and better the more you come. And so I'm a product of it. I remember Pastor uh, Clay and Pastor Josh and, and now with, uh, with Kelly and Ty just doing great things. So I'm happy to be here. I'm glad you guys are here. So let me ask you a question. Who is excited to be here tonight? Honestly, who's excited? A few people you people. Now here's even a better question I like to ask at our campus. Who did not want to be here tonight? Like, give me a shake of a head. You want to raise your hand? All right, I see a couple. Give me a, a few more. Like you had to press your way. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You had to like not ignore the text from your friends to come, right? And so the cool thing about the people that didn't like, didn't really want to come, that they're real about it is because when you press in, God does special things. Like when you show God, you know what, God, no matter what I'm feeling, what I'm going through, I'm going to put you priority in my life. I'm going to put my faith in action. He does great things. So if you guys didn't want to be here, we're happy you're here. If you guys tuning in online in your PJs, hanging out probably with uh, the Food Network on in the background, we're happy you guys are here as well. So sub 30, it's, it's going to be a great night. If you come out midweek, God better give you something good to eat, right? And so we're going to believe God to do that tonight. And so um, like Pastor Tyler was saying, uh, I'm the pastor of our campus celebration in Amelia Island. And it's been an incredible experience. We've got some incredible launch team members with us just doing some really exciting things in our area. And whenever I get a chance to embarrass somebody, I take the chance to do it. So first, I'm going to embarrass my beautiful wife and daughters. Stand up, Court. Stand up, girls. Say hi. Awesome, awesome. And then some of our launch team, you guys stand up, stand up. Come on. Jeremy, Chell, Sean, stand up, Steph. Awesome. And so, like, when you're planning a new campus, right, you got to have some crazy people with you. You can't, be, like, have normal people. you got to have people who will sit in a room and be like, it's like 12, 1 in the morning, but we're still going to think about how to build a church and how to get people to come, right? You'd be like, we got five of us, but somehow we're going to fill the sanctuary, right? And the cool thing is, is that our last couple of worship nights, the sanctuary has been packed. It's been full. So it's been pretty incredible to see how God works. We're meeting on Thursdays right now at 7 until we launch our campus January 29th. So a lot of just amazing things God's doing in our midst. And it's just been pretty cool to see God work and do some incredible things. So, But that's not why I'm here tonight. I'm here to encourage you guys. I'm here to tell you that God loves you and that he's for you. So if you want to sit on the edge of your seat, if you want to let Instagram know and Facebook know you appreciate the likes and the follows, but just hold on for a second, God will speak to you. And so what we've been doing in our midst, we've been like on super church invite mode, right? Because we're planning a church. And so you know how like you invite people to church like on Christmas and Easter and planting times like that, like if they're going through tough times, like that's us every day. Like people don't even like to make eye contact with us in Nassau County. Like they don't, they're like, they're going to invite me to church, they're going to invite me to church. I'm, because that's just like where we are right now in the process. Like we are hungry to see people's lives change. Like we are hungry to be pioneers like Pastor Stovall and Pastor Kerry were 18 years ago. And to go into places that don't know God and bring them this God first life. And so that's been our flow and we've been just so excited about it. And what we've done, we found people everywhere and anywhere. We brought them to church. Like I'm serious. We will do anything. There's this one guy we found out that he was in a motorcycle accident. 
pretty bad internal injuries. And they're like, hey, Pastor, you want to go pray for him? I'm like, sure, we'll go hang out with him. So we spent some time with the guy, and he's like seated in like a like really careful position because he's got like so many internal injuries, right? Not funny. But like he's just seated in like this really weird position. And I was like, hey, can you come to church sometime, do you think? He's like, well, the doctor said I really can't move. i got to kind of be like elevated, but like in a certain position because my internal injuries in my ribs and my back and my spine and all that. I was like, man, that's tough. But if you're elevated like that, you can come to church, right? And so long story short, we found a recliner that elevated just right. I kid you not. You can ask my team. We found a recliner that elevated just right and got him to church. Come on, somebody. Come on. And would you believe that he ended up rededicating his life to Christ? That's, like, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And so all that to say that's what God's doing in our midst, that he's creating a hunger to know him, a hunger to bring people into his presence like we saw here tonight with that worship. Like that was pretty special, pretty incredible. And so that's what he's doing in our midst. But one thing that we have seen as God is doing this in our midst, we've seen people that when you invite them to church and tell them about the God, they kind of check out the conversation, right? Like you might ask them, hey man, you want to come to church tonight? They're like, oh, I got this thing to do. Don't say what it is, right? I got this thing to do. I got this place out there, over there. They don't say, because they've got poor experience in the past, right? People have judged them. People have, you know, made it boring. They've sat in services for hours. They couldn't wait until the worship or the word was over, right? So that's, that's their perception of what church really is. And so what we've been able to do is just talk to them and encourage them. But finding out that really people are not interested in church or interested in God, and really just kind of giving up on it because they compare God and church to relationships. Who in here is in a relationship? Raise your hand. Uh, come on, a few more. If it's kind of complicated, still raise your hand. Come on. All right, we've got a few more hands. Thank you. Of you guys who raise your hands, how many know that relationships are complicated? Put your hands up again. How more hands that time? I don't, I don't know how that works, but more hands that time, right? And so what we found is that they're, they're relating their relationship to God to a relationship with people, like with parents or spouses or significant others, and that's a lot of pressure, right? And I mean, that's, that's serious pressure. I remember my wife, when we were dating, oh, it was crazy pressure. Like, I was trying to find out, like, what she liked without her knowing, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, like the silent kind of stalking deal, right? Like, I'm just going to surprise you. I just know what you like. That's not possible. But what I did find out, I found out she had some friends. And so I'd hang out with her friends, and they would talk about her, and they'd get a little insight to what she liked and what she did. So the first thing I found out is she was a country music fan. Any country music fans in the house tonight? All right, I'm not one of them, okay? But what I did, I found out what the top 40 was. I was all in it. I knew the songs, the tunes, the playlist when she got in the car. Y'all knew what was on. That country song, the latest and the greatest. I remember one time I was doing my homework at home, listening to country music. My brother came in the door and was like, Carlos, what, what is wrong with you? What's happened to my brother? I was like, bro, it's a long story. Don't worry about it, but it's going to be okay. But it's difficult, right, trying to get into these relationships, trying to understand someone, trying to create something out of nothing, right? And I also found out by doing some intel with her friends and stalking, if you will, that she liked horses. Now, I don't know if you know me or you've seen me, not exactly a horse guy. Right, not exactly outdoors, um, just, just not, my, not what I do, right? But what did I do? I arranged a private horse tour. And it was the best day of her life, but the worst day of my life. And I'm being serious, right? So how this things work, guys, just in case this happens to you, I'm gonna help you guys out, this is free. So if you take your significant other, girlfriend, whatever, on a, on a horse tour, this is what they do. They don't give an instruction manual, not at all. They don't give you a tutorial. They say, hey, get on and take off. And apparently there's like trails that these horses like 
just cognitively know where to go on and, and to stay on is how, how the game works. So the guy's like, have fun. And I'm like, yeah, okay, sounds great. And she's just loving it. And I'm trying to act like I love it and like I'm not scared because I'm trying to act tough, which I really wasn't, right? And so into this great time that we were having together, because I knew this was going to seal the deal for our relationship, right? Come on, the country music, the horse riding, I was in. I was solid, right? Well, into this situation, I guess I tugged the horse maybe wrong, or I maybe hit it wrong, or maybe you said the wrong words, or maybe it felt my nervousness, it took off. And I mean, this thing took off down a path, uphills, downhills. I knew she heard me screaming. She said she didn't, but I knew she heard me screaming for my life. And that's funny, right? But that's how people relate to God. Like, I'm just trying to find out what this guy likes. Like, I'm just trying to find out how he can like me and how my life can stop being this terrible. I'm just trying to find out how to move forward and not backward. I see it working for other people, but it's really not working for me right now. And some people here tonight and tuning in online feel the same way. I'm about to check out God unless you come through. Unless you make a difference in my life, in my career, in my relationships or lack thereof, I'm done with this because I can't figure you out. I don't know if you like country music. I don't know if you like horse riding. I don't know what you like, God. So I'm checking out. And that's a sad, sad place to be, but that's what we're finding so often that people are just really trying to get to know God in an authentic way. But here's what God tells us, that he's not hard to get to know. Not at all. God's straightforward. He doesn't play hard to get, spoiler alert, right? He's there for us. Matter of fact, the Bible says his, his thoughts of us are good and not evil. How nice is that to know? You don't have to sit there and wonder what God thinks about you. He tells you he is straight up. He says he loves you and he says that he's for you. And so what God does for you, he does for me. He makes it very simple. Whether you know him now or you don't yet, you'll have opportunity at the end of the service. But if you're trying to get to know him, I want to, no matter where I am, I want to be more mature in my faith. I want to know God better. I want to have what they have, because we all know somebody who we want to be like, right? A mentor, someone living for God. I want, I want what they have. I want to get more passionate about this thing. I want to see things actually happen in my life. How do I get there? And God gives us three simple words that will change your life, because it changed my life. And I've entitled the message with these simple words, just so you can remember it. And these words God gave us are seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. And this is how God works. To get to know Him, to experience the best of a relationship with God, there is a process to go through. And the thing about this process, it's not like our culture. What is our culture? We're all about the fast, right? We're all about the instant gratification. I can click and I can like it. I can click and I can see, you know, if I want to order it, it's on my doorstep the next day. That's not how the process with God works. And that's difficult, right? It's counterintuitive to everything that we think, right? Like even fast food is healthy. Are you kidding me? Any Chipotle fans in the house? That's God's place right there. I know God loves Chipotle. How can it be fast and healthy? Is that even a thing? But that's our culture, right? So it's hard to think that there's a process when we talk about living for God, or there's a process when we talk about experiencing his best, and there is. And the first step of that process is the seed. Now for us, that might be hard to maybe understand or maybe get, right? Because the Bible used a metaphor of a term. It was an agricultural era during that time, but it may be very, very simple. So. He said this, he said, basically you have some seeds and whatever you do in your life has a consequence after that. And so it's pretty simple. It says, you know, so as you think you are. It says, whatever you reap, you sow. So God lets us know, I'm not difficult. I'm not trying to make this a hard time for you. I'll let you know exactly 
how this works. I've given you some seeds of your life and everything that you do on a daily basis, your thoughts, your actions, your spheres of influences, your choices, all those things, they're seeds and you're just gonna continue to plant those and plant those and plant those and then there's gonna be results from them. So what happens oftentimes is people get upset and disgruntled because they want food they haven't planted. They see somebody else, I want that God, I'm mad I don't have that. But have you had the accountability that they've had? Have you surrounded yourself in the same circles that they have? Have you been faithful? Have you been accountable? And that can get frustrating, right? Like I can see why the world checks out. I can see why people come into our midst, get real excited and walk away like, that was great, but I got real life to deal with. Right? You can see why people get there. Very, very clear. Galatians tells us this. It says that God is not mocked. It says, whatever a man sows, he reaps. And so that kind of bothers me, right? Because I'm all about the Cliff Notes version, right? Like, I'd rather not read a book. I'd rather just get the Cliff Notes to find out, you know, whatever I need to know. Like, that's, that's me. If there's a shortcut, I want it. But God says no shortcuts. No shortcuts at all. Because whatever you're planting today, you're building for tomorrow. And we have a great opportunity being a month and a half away from the new year. Guess what? 2017 can be the best year of your life if it's the best year of your spiritual life. Come on, that's good. Our pastor tells us that every year because it's so true. Like if we get that lined up, everything else can work out in our lives. So that's the seed portion. The next portion is what? Time. Can I get a done, done, done? Who likes to wait? Thank you, thank you. I appreciate you guys. Who likes to wait on things, right? Like this is like, my, this is like the worst thing for me. Like we have to wait. We plant these seeds in our lives, but we have to wait. We have to wait for things to happen. And that's a, that's a difficult place to be. Right? Because what happens? You want things now, right? There's no such thing as an instant harvest. You plant and then you wait to see how things work out. You plant and then you trust God in the interim. Because in this time, there's growth. In this time, there's maturity. In this time, God builds some things that are not attractive to the world, but attractive to him, right? Because we're all about what reputation, right? What people perceive me as, what I look like, what I dress like, what I sound like. Like that's what we're about. But you know what God's about? Character. And that's what time does. Time builds character for you and I. Because that's what God's interested in. Who are we behind closed doors? Who are we when nobody's looking? And so in this time, God develops us. God develops us mentally, emotionally, in our relationships, in our walk with him. He develops us in a way that only that he can. You know, in the Bible, we see so many guys that he developed. David's one guy. You might remember him from killing the giant. He says like this. He goes, I serve the God that took me from the pasture to the palace. Because God developed him in the pasture. Not in a fun place. On my horse ride, I was in a pasture. I don't know if you've been to one. My first and only time in a pasture, right? You're going to get some stuff on your shoes and it's not going to smell great. But that's what God does. He takes us through a time. He takes us through a pasture. And that's kind of hard to understand in the spiritual world, right? Like, man, God, I've been living, you, I've been living for you for two weeks. And I still haven't found Mr. Right or Mrs. Right. Like, what's going on, God? This doesn't work. It's hard to understand in the spiritual world. But when you flip it to the practical it makes a little bit more sense, right? So if I go to the gym today and I sign up, they give me my little card, I sign my life away on a contract. Like, if it's my first day at the gym, I'm not coming out with shredded abs. It's just not happening, right? But in the spiritual world, we expect things just to happen right away, right? Or if you're a girl, as my wife and her friends say, you're not going to get toned the first day. You're just not going to get toned. You're just not. I don't want to get big. I just want to get toned. I don't even know what that means. Like, toned, big, what? Seriously, seriously, is that what the girls say? Come on, somebody help me. Somebody help me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's what you say. I just want to get toned. Whatever that, man, whatever, right? 
But that makes sense in the natural, right? On, in your freshman year, you sign up for your four-year degree. You're not getting your degree in a year or two. You're not getting your degree in a couple of months. You're getting that thing in four years after the class had been completed because there's a time, there's a process, there's a maturation. You ask somebody to date you, go ahead and be crazy and creep and ask them to marry you the next week. See what happens. See how great that new relationship goes. See how quick your status on Facebook changes from involved to not involved, right? That's funny in the natural, but in the spiritual, guys, it is the same exact thing. But you know what I like about this? Is that no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, how much influence or money you have, it's the same for all of us. Like we're all on a level playing field. Doesn't matter if you have an incredible degree or you're still working on your degree and you're really behind. I'm gonna give you guys some insight. C's get degrees. So if you're studying, if you're struggling, you can take that and that's free. That might be the loudest clap we've had tonight. <laughs> Doesn't matter who you are, we're all in the same boat. You know why? Because Genesis 8.22 says this. It says, as long as the earth remains, there will always, not sometimes, always be planting and harvest. When we plant those seeds, there's a time between the planting and the harvest. And that's when it comes. That's when your development, your maturation, all that comes to effect, into effect where God can make you exactly what he's created you to be. Where it's no longer you have this potential, but you're developing into your promise. And that's where God wants to take you sub 30. Like that's, that's the goal of being here tonight, to develop, to move forward in who God is and what he is for your life. And the next, my favorite one of all of them, the harvest. Come on, somebody. Who doesn't want to be blessed in the house tonight? Come on. You came to be blessed. You came to grow. You came to know God more. Or you came because she was really pretty and she invited you. One of the two. You came because of that, right? You came because of the harvest, because the faithfulness and the planting seeds, like you know God is going to be faithful. But the harvest is a time that we need to understand a couple things. The first one is you get what you put into it. And this, to me, was groundbreaking because you can kind of serve God. You can show up to sub 30 when you want. You can go to a group if you want. You can follow God when, when you feel like it, sprinkle him in your life, or you can press in. But here's what 2 Corinthians tells us. It tells us that when a farmer goes out and he sows much seed, he gets much in return. But if he sows a little seed, what's he getting back, sub 30? Little return. And so that changed my life. Because usually you hear that around giving and things like this. But it also applies for our life and our relationship with God. If we go all in, if we make this thing authentic and real and not just a Wednesday or a Sunday thing, do you know what God could do in your life? Do you know the things that you've been believing for for a long time could actually happen? Do you know God could free you from whatever you're struggling with if you just press in with everything and all that you have? Like that's the God that we serve tonight. That's the God that you serve tonight. That's the God that's available tonight for you and for me. And so now we've got kind of how God sets it up. Like he's not that complicated. He's not playing hard to get. He's telling you and I, hey, it's seed time and harvest. This is how it works. And so we can understand that and move forward in that. But here's the thing. Time and harvest are pretty straightforward. Like even for a guy like me, right? I'm not that smart, but I get that, right? There's time and there's harvest, right? But there's this, there's this seed part that's difficult to get. There's this seed part that kind of throws me off sometimes because I didn't really understand what that meant. I didn't really say like how that applied to me, right? Because we have a lot of people checking out of the house of God, a lot of people checking out of faith. Whether even you're here tonight, you might feel cold, you might feel callous, you might feel distant from God. You might feel like, oh, that all sounds great, but it ain't working, I haven't tried it. 
because of this principle of the seed understanding what that looks like. So what I'm going to do in my final time remaining is give you the five seeds. And these five seeds, if you allow them, if you take notes, if you put it in your iPhone, iPad, whatever you got, it could change your life to see and understand how God works through the seed process. So the first seed is the good seed. And I'm going to go over here to my cool prop. So the good seed. We all get what the good seeds are, right? I think we have a pretty good idea because you're here tonight. So we've got, what, seeds of coming to sub 30, right? Seeds of getting in accountability, right? Seeds of having the right kind of friends. Seeds of not going probably where we shouldn't or doing what we shouldn't, right? Seeds of loving God. Seeds of reading our word. Like those kind of seeds. Because the cool thing about the good seeds is that they grow. Like, they're going to grow. Like, you plant them and the good things are going to happen. And so that's something that you could expect and know that, man, you know what? I'm planting good seeds tonight. My heart, my mind, I'm in the right place, right? If I'm in a sub-30 group or crew, I'm in the right place because I'm growing. And God is doing that in me, right? But then conversely, we've got good seeds, but guess what? There's also bad seeds. And these bad seeds are tough because just like the good seeds, guess what they do? They grow, right? And so without even thinking about it, without even knowing, you know what the bad seeds could be in our life? Uncontentment. Just lust, un unforgiveness, bitterness, anger. Now we're praying for hope, peace, love, and joy, but that's not what we're planning. Right? We're isolating ourselves, but we want community. Doesn't really work like that, right? We want more of God, but we spend less time with God. Right? We want the right relationship, but we spend the time around all the wrong people. Right? And so that's what these bad seeds amount to. They amount to things that are going to grow, whether you know it or not. Whether it's like, I don't even know what I did last night. Well, whether you know or not, it's going to grow, right? And for some people, it grows for 18 years, right? It's just a true fact, right? Whether you know or not, it's, it's going to be, it's going to remind you. So that's the bad seed. And the next seed is the unintentional seed. Now, this is the scary one for me, the unintentional seed. Because whether you and I know it or not, we have always planted seeds in our life. Always planted seeds, good or bad. But this unintentional seed is scary because you can literally be walking through your life and just be kind of like a go of the flow kind of person, right? I'm just going to just walk around and seeds are just falling out my pocket. I just hang with who I want to. I listen to who I want to. You know, I'm going to base, you know, who I am on what people think about me as a person. You know, my self-worth is, is caught up in, oh, I don't know, in my looks. My self-worth is caught up in how popular I am, um, you know, I'm just going to be in and out of relationship ruts. It doesn't really matter because I'm not getting married yet. It's too early for that, right? Um, I'll serve God when I get the chance. And, like, I'm tripping on all these seeds, right? But that's the unintentional seed, like living for the moment. And here's the thing, Sub 30. If you live for the moment, the moment will crush you. We've got to live for the God who creates the right moments. And not just for the random moments. That's good. Because when these unintentional seeds fall, just like the good and the bad ones, guess what they're going to do? They're going to grow. And you might not remember even being there or doing that. You might not remember these seeds falling out your pocket. You might not remember the seeds that were planted in you. Because here's the thing. You can plant seeds, but so can other people plant seeds in you. Just think of things that you struggled with before. If it's maybe from your childhood or from an old group of friends or from something that you were exposed to. Those were seeds. Like addictions just don't happen. Like, relationship issues just don't happen. Like, there are seeds that are planted to get us there. Like, you ever found yourself in a place, you're like, how the heck did I get here? <laughs> like, I don't even do this. Like, I don't even like this. Like, I don't even, I'm not even like these people. Right? How did I find myself here? It's because these unintentional seeds are just falling everywhere. And as they fall, guess what? They're going to sprout. 
and they're going to grow. And you might not deal with them in the beginning, but you're sure enough going to deal with them in the end. And so those unintentional seeds are something that we want to keep in mind. The next seed is a seed of regret. This is a tough one. Because oftentimes we'll be in a place like this tonight and God will move in our hearts so greatly and so profoundly. But you know what? Ah, I remember what I did last summer. I think that was a song. I didn't mean to do that. Is that a song? Dang it. Dang it. I got, I got daughters. But like, oh, I remember what I did or what I said. Or, you know, I'm not that far removed from that lifestyle I used to live. Right? Because every time I hear this song, I'm reminded of where I was at that time. Or every time I say, God, I'm going to do it this time, the devil reminds me, oh, you're going to do it this time? What about the last five times? So those seeds of regret kind of keep us down and hold us back. But here's what God says about regret. He says we can't change a past harvest, but we can change a future harvest. Right? Because it doesn't matter what you're coming from. It matters who you're running to. And we are all, no matter how fake or phony we're acting, right, we're all coming from something all coming from something, but we're running to the same purpose, and that's a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's a freeness in God, and knowing him, the, one, the only one that can change our lives. And so that's the seed of regret that could be dangerous. And the last seed is going to be a seed that dies. Now, this is a personal one for me because there are going to be some people here that identify with that tonight. You've been planting the good seeds. You've been planting the right seeds in your life. You've been believing God for good things. You've been hanging out sub 30. You've been, you know, doing your best to honor God. And you've had some dreams and you've had some goals that honestly have not panned out. You're like, God, I'm waiting. God, I'm here. Like, everyone else is dating and getting married and like, I'm still serving you and nothing's going on. Right? If I watch like one more HGTV or one more say yes to the dress, I'm going to lose it. Right? Like, you're saying that. Maybe not out loud, but you're saying it. And that's those dead seeds. Or maybe you had a vision to be a leader in ministry. Or maybe you had a vision to do something, a goal or a dream for so long, and that seed has died. And you're wondering, what's going on with that, God? I've been faithful. I heard you speak in my spirit, and I've trusted you for it. Like, what's going on, God? Why is this the case? And what God tells us is this, and what he told me is this, because, you know, what I'm doing now um, as a campus pastor, you know, I had dreams and goals for back in 2010. And... That, that seed died. I was for sure it was dead. Even every time I thought about it, I felt like it, I could smell it. It was just so dead. But what the Bible tells us in Corinthians, it says, oh, man, you foolish person. Like, read my word. Like, get it. A seed can't grow until it dies. A seed can't grow until it's planted in the ground. And if you know anything about seeds, when it's planted in the ground, it's got to die to its natural form. Because if it dies to its natural form, then it can take the place and become a plant. And so what God had to do in me is what he has to do in you. You have to die to your own agendas. Die to your own will. Die to your own wants and desires. Because here's the thing, guys. Like, God has a platform for you. You're just not ready for it yet. I wasn't ready for it. He's developing that character. He's developing all those things. So when you get there, when you accomplish, when you realize that dream God has for you or that hope God has for you, you'll be ready for it. You won't mess it up. You won't have to be nervous. There won't be any pressure to maintain it because you didn't do it. God did it. And so as we close, we're going to do a couple of things here. We're going to open up these altars. And if you ever wonder why we open up the altars, there's a specific reason. Because I hear so many people so often say this. 
I'm trying to find God. I open up his word, I don't really hear him. I come to church, I don't really hear him. I'm trying to find God. If you're trying to find God, let me tell you where he is. He's right here on these altars. He's right here waiting. Waiting for you to come and to seek him. Because here's the thing that we found out, and you'll find out as well, that there's seeds that have been planted in all of our lives. Good, bad. Due to our own volition and people just planted in us that we've got to pull out. Because the longer we live, they keep coming up and they keep resurfacing. And we keep having to get past these issues and these struggles, mental, emotional, physical, financial, you name it. The good, the bad, the unintentional, the seeds of regret and the dead ones. But today, today can be a day where we pull out not by the stem, but by the root and just pull it out. No more. No more am I going to struggle. No more am I going to be defeated. No more am I going to be stressed, depressed. No more is my life going to be random and unintentional. It's going to be focused. God is going to lead me and guide me. I'm not going to be tossed back and forth by whatever the culture tells me, by whatever the latest style is, by whatever the latest relationship is. No longer. I'm going to experience the best of God. I'm going to experience an authentic relationship with God. I'm going to stop playing fake. I'm going to get in a sub-30 group. And I'm going to tell it like it is. This is where I am. This is how I'm struggling. But I need God. I need a community of people to come around me and encourage me. That's what can happen here tonight. Because here's the thing. If we walk out of here and don't encounter God, this was just an emotional experience. Like an Adele concert, which I was at last week. Quite the emotional experience. You can tell I have daughters. Quite the emotional experience, right? Like I got emotional. Like the Adele was great. But it didn't change me. And that's, that's the risk we run tonight. Like if it's just emotional talking about seeds, talking about seed time and harvest, but we don't practically put that into our lives, and we don't ask God, God, where does that affect me? Where does that build in for me? We run the same risk of it just being emotional, not meaning a whole lot. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand with me. I'm going to go into worship. And the altar is going to be open. And if God is dealing with you the way he dealt with me, you'll join me down here. You'll bring your friend. And you'll say, hey, let's deal with these seeds. Let's pull them up by the root. Let's not be caught any longer in the place that we are. Let's grow. Let's experience God in a way we have never experienced him before. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.